I realize that culture is man-made. And when I abide by everything in culture, I'm just, you know, it's basically peer pressure from the grave. 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I asked myself, how come these group of people, whatever, 50 years, 40 years, 100 years ago, how come they were allowed to create a culture that we all live by? And how come I cannot create my own? The Alpha Talks podcast crafts you and your business into an alpha, not for the faint-hearted. I am Sefer Hakim, serial entrepreneur and your success mentor, founder of the Alpha Movement, and people call me the Alpha. And that's for a reason, of course. With 20 plus years of experience and eight figures portfolio of businesses, myself and the show guests will be striking thunder of top-notch listening in business and mindset. No bull, just first-class value, not like others. To join us now to become your own version of an alpha. Welcome back, alphas, to a new inspiring episode of the Alpha Talks podcast. Today in the studio, I've got a very special alpha for you today. We are truly honored to have an exceptional guest with us, a visionary entrepreneur, a trailblazer in the world of business, and a beacon of inspiration for countless individuals around the globe. Dr. Saran Madani is not just a name, but a symbol of resilience, determination, and unwavering belief in the power of human potential. Her journey is one of that transcends traditional boundaries, defies societal norms and expectations at every turn. With a remarkable track record that includes over 140 awards and the leadership of nine successful companies, Dr. Sara is not only a titan in the world of entrepreneurship, but she's an, also an advocate for a life well-lived, characterized by a profound personal growth, healing, and purpose. What truly sets Dr. Sara apart is her remarkable ability to harness life's challenges and transform them into a stepping stone to success, from navigating through toxic relationships and facing adversities that would have deferred many. She has emerged not just unbroken, but stronger and more determined than ever. Sara's story is not just about business conquests, it's about overcoming self-doubt, healing from the past wounds, and recognizing the boundless potential that resides within each one of us. She's a living testament to the idea that the path to success isn't straight line, but rather a journey of self-discovery and transformation. In today's episode, we delve into the life, experience, and wisdom of this remarkable entrepreneur and mother. I love her son is sitting over there, exploring the principles that have guided her in both her personal and professional life. Get ready to be inspired, motivated, and empowered as we embark on this journey with the true icon, Dr. Sara El Madani. Welcome, Sara, to the Alpha Talks podcast. It's been the longest ever intro I've did. I know. <laughs> I, was, and you've heard I, I was sitting there and I was like, oh my God, it, it's not ending. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you very much for being Thank with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Sara, before we start, let's say, for example, somebody who looked at the episode when we publish it and saw the title so thumbnail and so it's interesting what should we guarantee i would say that they will gain if they gave us their time today you will download the best version of you Ooh, i love that. How about that mm, yeah i love yeah. that okay let's start can you give us a little bit of insight about your early life and i would say the upbringing that you have being an emirati and what did this influence your life and success overall so First of all, like, because I started my business when I was 15 years old, it kind of took away from my life or my childhood 
because 15 year olds, they're like playing with Barbies. My cousins were eating sand. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it, it just took away and it made me grow earlier than I should grow. Like people go through this when they're older in their thirties or late twenties. So that took a lot, but it's so worth it because I grew in a time where I was supposed to be innocent and young. And I love that. True. Now, the question is, why did you start at the age of 15? Like, mm -hmm. what were you yes. thinking, right? Well, what drove you to start? Yeah, because you don't think about these things True. when you're 15, right? But when I asked my parents, because my upbringing was very normal. My parents are, I'm happy Marathi have Bahraini. Mm. So I had the best of both worlds, where my mom was extremely cultural. My dad was very open-minded. Mm -hmm. So I had a, I had a balance. Yeah. I didn't have, you cannot do that, you cannot do this. I had both of them mm -hmm. in my life, which also guided me a lot, mm -hmm. right? So I asked them, I'm like, why am I doing business at the age of 15? Can you take me back to how I was thinking when I was young? And my dad, all he'd say is, you were weird. You, mm -hmm. you started, he's like, you started speaking at the age of 10 months. You started walking at the age of nine months. And then, you know, I'm backtracking and counting. I'm like, mom, how long was I in your stomach? She's, yeah. like, she's, like, she's like, nine months, nine, nine months. Nine months, yeah. But, um, and my dad, he's like, when we saw you, we knew you were going to be trouble mm -hmm. in a good way, like a, a rebellious, yeah. stubborn girl. Mm -hmm. So he said, when you were four, you massaged us for money. I was like, damn, I was good. And then, <laughs> he, yeah, and then he said, when you were like five or six, you used to buy candy and resell it to your cousins because they couldn't leave the house, their, fam their families were so strict. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, it kind of struck me, some entrepreneurs are made, some are entrepreneurs are born. True. So, and there's a huge difference, mm -hmm. you know, between these two. Can they both be entrepreneurs? Yes, yeah. is there a difference? Huge difference. So I feel like, I don't know why, but it was like I was driven by a purpose that was even bigger than myself. I didn't even understand it. I just knew I had to do it. So that was my upbringing. And then when I started university, Oh, let me take you back to school, yeah. though. In school, I was a rebel. Mm -hmm. I was... That's I why you have a tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I have the rebel tattoo. Yeah. But no, I was a rebel in a good way, but I also was Robin Hood in the school. So not Robin the Hood, yeah. I was Robin Hood. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what I, what I did is every time someone's in trouble or they're bullied, they'd come to me and Robin Hood would go to rescue oh, them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I went to university... Knowing that in school, I wasn't book smart because I'm dyslexic. Mm -hmm. So I had a hard time. People used to tell me, you're never going to be a public speaker. You're never going to do finance. You cannot start a business. Are oh, you dumb? Are you slow? You're, you're, you know, at, uh, back then when I was like 13, 10, 11, 12, dyslexia was not a big thing. Yeah, true. People mm -hmm. couldn't diagnose it, mm -hmm. right? So people used to tell me, oh, you're bad at speaking. You're bad at this. You're, you're lazy. Why don't you learn like everyone else? And I try to tell people, like, it was, it was a struggle because I'm trying to tell them I'm trying. Mm -hmm. But they think I'm just, like, being lazy yeah. and irresponsible. Went to university, and I remember, I would never forget that day. Second year into university, it's not like I was studying finance. I was mm -hmm. studying film, directing, and oh, acting. Okay. And it was fun. Mm -hmm. Second year into university, I dropped. Oh, actually, no, beginning of the third year, I dropped. Now, my parents are pro-education which is their problem, not mine. Mm -hmm. And I think by culture as well. Yeah. yeah. But that's not my dream. Mm -hmm. It's their dream, right? But I wasn't, and I wanted to focus on my business because I had a business running and what I had employees. I started as a fashion designer. Oh. I did it for 20 mm -hmm. years. I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. But I remember I had two mobiles, and I was in class, and I recorded my professor speaking and no teaching. Way. I recorded the voice. Oh, so, and my other phone, every time my parents call me, I'm like, I'm in class. And I put, and I put it. <laughs> and my dad's like, go, 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 go. Do, do your thing, do your thing. 
So I had to do what I had to do, just not because I was like a bad kid who didn't mm. appreciate it. I really did not value that education system and I valued life and mm. I wanted to learn from life. And I had three employees at that time and I was 15. So I had to focus on my business. Leaving the people. Yeah. And I, I was having a struggle because imagine trying to tell a 45-year-old, a 39-year-old, and a 27-year-old, you're 15, I'm your boss. Yeah. No one was listening. So it took me like almost a year to get them to understand that I am the boss. I, I, we have a mission. I'm yeah. the boss. Yeah. So it took time. But I dropped university and that's how my story continue, started. Continue the business. Yeah. You've passed through a lot of challenges and toxic relationships in your life. Yeah. Can you tell me a turning point? Everybody has a turning point or a transitional point that made Sarah who she is now. Every, okay, so if you tell me right now, mm. you have a magic wand mm. and you can take me back to my 20s and erase every traumatic experience yeah. I had. And you tell me, would you want that? I'll say no. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, I would not have been the person I am today. My son wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here sitting with you. God knows where I'm so. going to be in this world. So I am the type of person, and because of healing, I appreciate the good and the bad because I feel like everything happens for a reason. God loves us, so everything that happens, I embrace it. I surrender tawakkul. Yeah, yeah, I surrender to God's views and how he handles life. And at the same time, I allow myself as a person with a free will, mm -hmm. which God gave me, to make the decisions I want to take, even if they're wrong. Mm -hmm. So if I did a, a decision that costed me a lot or money or friendships or whatever it was, or it was toxic, I embrace it because I chose that. Mm -hmm. And they always say, God will recycle your experiences until you learn the lesson. So I, I went so through the same things over uh, and over and over again. Nothing broke you down. No. No, nothing. I'm, I, I was just telling my friend in the car when I was coming here. I was like, they always try to, try to bury us, but mm -hmm. they forgot there were seeds. True. So no matter what bad you put me through, I'll grow out of it. I'll bounce right back. I love it. Yeah. You have a lot of tattoos, 68 tattoos. 79. Uh, 79. Yeah. Okay. Your, your, your information is it's outdated. Absolutely outdated. <laughs> <laughs> 79 tattoos. Yeah. Can you tell me like a couple of them and what's the story behind it? I the mean, most closest to you. Every single tattoo is a story. Okay. It's either a lesson that I have to mm -hmm. learn or a blessing. Because this is how I think uh, humans were designed, our blueprint as humans, mm -hmm. right? I don't think we were created to forgive and forget. Mm -hmm. We were created to forgive but not forget. Yes. Yeah. I, and, and people mm -hmm. misunderstand this. They go like, I need to forget and forgive. But then if you forget, you forget everything you have yeah. to learn. 100%. So for me, because like I have a lot going on in my mind, you know, I put my lessons on my body mm -hmm. and then I also put my blessings. Like, for example, when I had my spiritual awakening, I had I have this tattoo here. Awakening. It says awakening. Yeah. But uh, for example, a lesson is these two. Mm -hmm. So this is a Cupid spreading love. Yeah. He's innocent. He's loving. That's the same Cupid with the AK-47, a gun. Sure. Because mm -hmm. what it means is basically that you can be loving and kind and an empath with sympathy and love spreading light. But if you don't stand up for what's wrong and, and if you don't stand up for yourself, you're betraying yourself. 100%. So this is just a reminder mm -hmm. because I always thought being a good person means even if you're done wrong, you let go yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. But that's wrong. When you are aligned and when you are attuned with who you are and your higher self, you will not let anyone step all over you. You'll fight that. back. Yeah. And you have the bee that escapes the matrix. Like, yeah, it's here. Yeah, <laughs> that's that. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I love so that. let me tell you something about bees. Mm. Um, bees are born. I, I went to a bee farm uh, when I was traveling and I was shocked because the minute they're born, 
they know which type of bee they are, their job, and they get right to work and they start building because they're aligned with their purpose. We, we as human, we're distracted. Yeah. They're not. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me to be aligned, I had to be a bee and that's the matrix, uh, the escaping matrix. Very interesting information about bees, actually, because I've, I've never thought, I thought we, by time, you understand what's our purpose. Yeah. But bees are born with it. Yeah. And they're aligned with it. Well, humans are born with it. But then it culture, the culture and everything, yeah, programming. Yeah. Yeah. And then until you get out of it. Uh, it takes yeah. a lot of years, mm. yeah. Initially, you were wearing the traditional clothes. Yeah. The abaya. And then abaya. And then you changed to modern. Yeah. Can you tell me the tr this trans transition? And what pushed you to this? Or like what happened? So let me put it this way. Yeah. What I was wearing was not a religious symbol. It was a cultural symbol. Sure. And then when I had my awakening, I realized that culture is man-made. Mm -hmm. And when I abide by everything in culture, I'm just, you know, it's basically peer pressure from the grave. 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I asked myself, how come these group of people, whatever, 50 years, 40 years, 100 years ago, how come they were allowed to create a culture that we all live by? And how come I cannot create my own? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make sense sure. to me. It's common sense, basically. And then I realized that culture is a box of chocolate. Not every flavor you will like. Mm -hmm. Some you will, some you won't. And I embrace some stuff in culture. Some things, if they don't align with me, I don't, I don't apply them. And it's not a crime. Mm -hmm. But I also say, you know, culture ruins religion. Because there are, are a lot of things in religion that are okay. Yeah. But in mm -hmm. culture, they're not okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. well, you, know, you know these things, sure. right? So, yeah, it's just that I always follow what religion advises. Mm -hmm. I, ab I oblige, not oblige, I apply some of the things from the culture, but not everything. But no. when you switched or changed, how did people react? I just, okay, the switch happened because I didn't want to be a hypocrite anymore. Mm -hmm. I would just, because in the country I was wearing it, when I travel, I don't wear it. Yeah, yeah, true. And, mm -hmm. I, and to me, it didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why am I dressing in a certain way just to be accepted, loved, and validated by society? Mm -hmm. And the, like same person, the same soul. Yeah, same it's like it's like just, this is this is yeah, this different. is this is a vehicle. I'm a spirit, mm -hmm. you know. And if you love me for who I am and my authenticity, I love it. Amazing, you're welcome. But if you don't, and I have to look a certain way to make you feel good, I don't belong with you. But friends responded to you in a like in a Not supportive all. way or like Not know? all. I was attacked a lot yeah. by the community, and some friends walked away. Some friends stayed, which is okay just for the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, I'll tell you something. Um, we go through a purge every now and then mm -hmm. of people. We realize, especially with healing, yeah. you realize that your values and your boundaries are solid. Mm. And when you sit with people that are not aligned with you and they cannot go on the same vision and mission with you, they're not aligned anymore. I cut them off no matter how close I am to mm -hmm. them because I say that I'm spiritually ruthless. When it comes to my energy, I'm ruthless. I would not give it to anybody, uh -huh. you know? And True. And, and that doesn't mean I'm not a good person. You know, you can be the, the most kindest, loving person in the world and yet say no. Mm -hmm. it, it's true. It's different. Yeah, true. you, you got to be mm -hmm. true to yourself, yeah. right? Let's move to a little bit of entrepreneurship and business. You're a successful entrepreneur. You have nine companies, 140 awards. You've got a couple, three, four, five years. I'm so proud. <laughs> so. You can borrow some of mine. <laughs> Which one from the awards is the closest to you and why? I mean, every single award, award is special, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's you telling yourself, you know, somebody recognized my hard work mm -hmm. and somebody saw, which is because sometimes we work hard and nobody realizes. It's mm -hmm. only us that realize. But I feel like my favorite award uh, are two. 
because I did four TED, TED Talks. Yeah. So I have four awards from TED. Mm -hmm. So these are, I love them mm -hmm. because I was inspiring the youth. That's the one award. Yeah. The second award is I won an award for having the best financial strategy in the Middle East. Uh -huh. Yeah, so mm -hmm. best financial strategy yeah. award. So that told me that even though I'm dyslexic and people told me I'm, yeah. I'll be, I'm stupid, yeah. I'll never make it in your face. Here's my award. Thank mm. you so much. Yeah. You know, because awards sometimes they, they come, they're standing like this. They don't have any connection with you. I remember my time when I used to live in Moscow and I'm a foreigner. Yeah. Living in Moscow from Egypt. And everybody told me like, safe, why are you there? You're not doing anything. And you will never grow there. And once I got an award from the Russian president. Yeah. And at that time, I felt so proud. Proud, yeah. So that's why I ask you the question, which one was the closest? And I totally understand that. Yeah. If I go to companies, running nine companies or involved in nine companies, which one is close to you? And which one is Yeah, that? got it. So overall, I'm 37 years old. Mm. Overall, I started more than 18 companies. They all failed, which is completely mm, okay. Yeah. It's fun to fail. Yeah. It's a learning curve. Nine of them survived. And I don't believe in working hard. I believe in working smart. Mm. And I don't believe in micromanaging. So I have everything running on its own with people running it. Mm -hmm. But I'm the CEO of two companies. And uh, the closest one to my heart is a company called Halahai. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's one. And then the second company is a company uh, called Fix. F-I-C-K-S. Mm -hmm. um, it's a company that merges science and um, basically products to take care of your mind, health, and body, okay. but in a very twisted way that's mm -hmm. non-traditional. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's a, a new company. It's launching soon. Mm -hmm. But I also just uh, started a new company, so that's going to be the 10th. Mm -hmm. It's called The Others. Mm -hmm. And The Others is because I know, not, not coming from an egoistic place, okay. I know that I'm different. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not better than people, but I'm but different. different. Yeah, and it's completely fine mm -hmm. to say that. So we, me and my business partner called it the others because we're trying to find people who feel like they don't fit in and they feel like they are the others as well. Ah, okay. And it's an education platform. Ah, so nice. yeah, so everything mm -hmm. I've ever learned in life, mm -hmm. I dump everything there in courses and for people to just have access and, and download the best the version. The name is amazing. The others, yeah. Love that. Can you tell me what contributed to your success? If you just want to summarize, what contributed to this success? 140 awards, 9, 10 companies. Um... I think I, there isn't something specific that contributed to the success, mm -hmm. but I remember um, when I was 22, I was um, I, I met this local woman mm -hmm. and she was a businesswoman. She had like three companies mm -hmm. and she was young. And I was like, whoa, like an Arab doing all of this. And then I remember I went home and I was praying and I said, God, I want to be strong. Mm -hmm. God, I want to be resilient. God, I want to be this and this and that. And now at the age of 37, I know that all the hardship that I went through life, that was God giving me all the things I asked for. Mm -hmm. I cannot be brave if I was not scared mm -hmm. at once. I would not be strong if I wasn't weak. I would not be resilient if I, I was challenged. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's not like um, you sit down and do your affirmations and you become uh, brave and true. solid and mm -hmm. all that. No, you have to really go through hardships mm -hmm. to learn all these characteristics about yourself. Like I didn't even, I didn't even know that I was um, patient. I didn't even know that I was like um, an empath until I went through these bad things where I unlocked part of my personality and I knew who I really was. Mm -hmm. If life was perfect every day, every 100%. single minute, mm -hmm. I, would, I would not even have a personality. True. true. Yeah. That's 
what shaped you? Yeah, I think so. The, if, if what shaped me and what what made me resilient and made me start all these businesses. Number one is I don't feel fa- failure. Mm-hmm. I'm not brainwashed by society to feel mm-hmm. like failure is something I should be ashamed of. So I don't care. I fail every single day. Every time people mm-hmm. tell me there's a new idea, we might lose money. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh-huh. Let's do it. You know, because cool. you never know. Yeah. I, and I feel like people quit when they when they fail, not knowing that if they hanged in there for another month, they would have been it. worth millions and millions 100%. of dollars, right? True. True. So people give up. So that's one factor. I don't fear failure. Number two is um, I, I, I believe in free will, so I allow myself to take decisions. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, manage. I lead mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. management burns me and mm-hmm. burns the people that work with me. So right. I, I'm a leader. And I think all these things and the characteristic of my personality is what makes me who I am as an entrepreneur. 100%. Yeah. Let's talk about Halahai. Yeah. You're a CEO of Halahai. Yeah. So can you tell us what is this platform? And in a nutshell, what's your leadership style? Uh, so basically, Halahai is a platform that you can literally go and get anything you need from a celebrity directly to you. Very interesting idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not a new idea, mm-hmm. but there's a company in America mm-hmm. that's doing so well, they're worth a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. We did what they've done in four years, we did it in three months. So then we realized our potential yeah. is big. Um, basically, you go on the website, you can buy merchandise from your favorite celebrity, you can buy direct uh, personalized videos from them. Mm-hmm. So you can tell them, hey, it's my mom's birthday, that's her name, can you send a video? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they receive it, they record the video, send it, you pay and that's it. Wow. So anything related to celebrities, it's directly in contact with them. Mm-hmm. And then brands can be in direct contact with celebrities because no middlemen and agents, mm-hmm. I mean, I, like me, I have an agency that manages celebrities mm-hmm. and to be honest, I see what happens in the States and until the deal reaches a celebrity, there's five middlemen uh, and he gets 30% Mm -hmm. of the deal only. So celebrities don't like that. Mm -hmm. So it's a solution for brands, for celebrities and for the fans to Mm -hmm. come together, direct contact. Mm, I love that. How long has it been? Um, We started it in COVID. When COVID first hit, this Mm -hmm. is when we started the company Mm -hmm. because we wanted to cheer people up because everyone's stuck at home. This Mm -hmm. will cheer them up. And then celebrities needed a passive income because they couldn't do, be do, doing whatever they exactly. do, right? True. They couldn't work, right? Right timing. Yeah, right timing. In a crisis. 100%. Yeah. But, you know, so it started in 2020. Um, in 2021, we, no, 2022, we had to shut down the company. Not shut it down, yeah. but put it on hold mm-hmm. because one of the investors had to exit. Oh. Um, we, we wanted him to exit because the business model did not suit. He's a very brick and mortar kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, you know, understand the tech yeah. world. So that was an exit that, mm-hmm. that cost us a lot. And, you know, just to teach any entrepreneur out there, if you wanna, if you have a, an investor or a business partner that needs to exit, I paused because every day we were growing, which means the exit would have been more expensive day by day. And an exit mm-hmm. takes a year. Mm-hmm. Lawyers, all that True. and everything, ours took a year and a half. Copyright, you know, registration and all that, 100%. and IP. Mm-hmm. So I was like, every single day, we're worth more and more and more mm-hmm. and more. So it's going to be expensive. And this is a startup and we're burning cash. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's hold, finish the deal, then start again. And I'm glad we did that because after we went back on our feet and everything was settled, um, Jason Derulo became our business partner. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he became uh, one of the owners of the company. And now we are relaunching with him in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So we're just rebranding, restructuring. Super. Yeah. All the best ideas, amazing. Thank that. you. Thank you. What's your leadership style? In what sense? You know, you talked about you don't like micromanaging, yeah. but I don't believe people born not micromanaging 
they learn how to yeah. delegate and so on. I so, I used to micromanage, but then it, it's a tough one. Yeah, it burns mm, me. True. I'm I'm running out of energy. Plus, micromanaging doesn't allow me to realize everyone's potential because I'm constantly telling them yeah. what to do, mm. and I'm blocking their creativity. I'm I'm making them dependent on me, and they're going to be lazy and uninspired. Mm. And I realized it because my staff used to talk to me and tell me, listen, we have ideas, but we're scared because uh, you're always like mm-hmm. upset and you're always this. So then I realized, and especially during my awakening phase, my spiritual mm-hmm. awakening, I realized that management is not the style, it's leadership. And it's basically treating everyone like a family mm-hmm. and helping them grow as you go towards your goal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and it just completely shifted my mindset and I changed. And ever since... Work has never been better. It's amazing. How do you choose your team? Oh, yeah, it yeah, takes me what, two, three years. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, what, what the most important thing for you in, in a, I would say like a team member. All right. What so you if you're applying to work with me, yeah. I don't give a damn about your certificates. I don't give a damn about what school, which yeah. university you went to. Because knowledge is something I can teach. Mm-hmm. Skill is something I can teach. I, if, I, if I don't have the skill, I can hire someone to give you mm-hmm. that. I can teach you things. But if you don't have character, I cannot teach you that, mm-hmm. you know? True. So I look at personality. I don't look at your background documents. Like I remember once there was this girl applying and she walked in with like, I did my master's. What did she say? I did my master's in Harvard. Oh, okay. And I did this and I did this. And I tore the paper in front of her. And I said, I don't mean to disrespect you, but I don't value these things because everyone can come with a wow CV, mm. you know, with it, with spices and fake factors True. on it, you know? Character and attitude. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm like, let's talk. You tell me about your life. You tell me who you are. And I kind of take them in a, in a corner where I pinch a little bit mm-hmm. and I challenge and I bother them to see how do they handle these mm-hmm. kind of situations. Some of them, like, they get upset, they get angry, they react and they leave. Yeah. And some of them, they, they're trying to find solutions. They're trying this, they're trying to talk. So I go for character. Everything you lack, I teach you. Mm-hmm. I will spend money on you. I will educate you. But you come with me with a weak character? No. But do you hire fast or do you hire slow? I hire fast. I fire fast. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Because look, I'll, I'll be honest. If, if somebody's in the company and we're not aligned, mm-hmm. I'm not helping her grow or him. They're not helping me grow. I'm the culture. Then. Yeah, it, it's like, it's like I, I promise you, me firing you is a gift towards your life mm-hmm. because you need to find something that's aligned with you. Mm-hmm. This place, this space is not. So I fire fast because I cannot, I love taking risks, but I cannot take uncalculated yeah. risks. True. But I can say from experience, it takes two years to build a solid team. Mm-hmm. Two years. Because not everybody would love the business like you do. Mm-hmm. And you need to find True. people that would love it like you do. And plus then you, you, um, Like you have to give something back to them because I, every business I have, I have a 5% pool equity mm-hmm. for all my employees and based on milestones, they earn their equity in that pool. I love it. Yeah. And I, I feel like this mm-hmm. is you, your ownership. You're giving mm-hmm. them something they deserve sure. and then they work from their heart and they don't complain as if they're just employees. They really want the best for the company because they own it. The best thing that you're running it as if it's a blue chip. A what? Blue chip. Like Google, Apple, they do the same. With that's the, the, stuff. That's the most that. healthiest way. Mm, and that's why if you go to these companies, you'd realize people are happy there. They're not complaining. They feel that they're yeah. the company. They yeah, true. Yeah. Let's touch a little bit about failures. Okay. You said like, I have no problem to fail. A lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people, whatever they're trying to do, they're afraid of failure. How mm. do you handle failures? Ah, okay. Just tips for people. So first of all, before, 
for you to flip the switch mm-hmm. to understand that failure is not wrong or it's not embarrassing, it's, you shouldn't feel guilty or ashamed. For you to deassociate from the whole thought and what you were brought up to believe, you have to disbelieve in that fact. And um, yeah, basically you have to unlearn and you have to learn that failure is a step on the ladder of success. And to be honest, if anybody tells you they've not failed and they're successful, <sighs> bullshit. It's, 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 not, it's not possible. People learn from failure more, th- more than they do from just being successful. Sure. Yeah. I had a mentor of mine that he was telling me, say, if you want to succeed, there is a, something called the pendulum of success. Yeah. So if you want to succeed big, you need to fail big. So you don't need to worry about failing throughout your career, your businesses. What is the biggest mistake you, you did and what the lesson you learned? The biggest mistake ever was thinking that in business, you should not separate your emotions. Like, for example, I had a best friend. Mm-hmm. And after 10 years of business, she stole all the money. So my mistake, because if I focus on her and how she's bad, yeah. I'm going to be lingering in an area where I don't grow. And I'm just playing the blame game. Mm-hmm. She's bad. He's bad. They're bad. The fact is, it takes two to tango. Where did I go wrong? So my mistake was that she's my friend. She's my Trust. best friend. Mm-hmm. Trust. We don't need contracts. We don't need all mm-hmm. these things. So this was the biggest mistake I did. And I learned that in business, when you have boundaries, it allows you to love yourself and love the other person and respect yourself and respect the other person. So I learned that contracts are important. Checking the finance, even if you don't understand finance, checking the finance with your separate, let's say, financer, finance. yeah, mm-hmm. finance team is important. Even if you don't understand it, go through it, you know, and just paying attention in that way and not leaving your emotions in business. So right now, how I see it is when I enter a business, I hang my feelings outside the door on the coat hanger. Okay, and I walk that. inside, mm-hmm. business is business. With yeah. friends, with family, whatever. With everyone. Yeah. Business is business. I love that. Yeah. Let's switch a little bit to your son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you raised your son in a different way than norm, I would say. One of the things that I listened to or I read or I saw that since he's an a young man, you always let him talk with adults. Yeah. Play with kids. Can you tell us? So until the age of four, and just a disclaimer, this is my way of raising. Yeah. So I'm not who saying. Read the book, who <laughs> wrote the book about my yeah, how to be so, a good mother? So yeah. yeah. So it's not, it's not something that I advise, but it works mm-hmm. for me and I love it. Mm-hmm. I did not allow him to mix with a lot of children from the age. So I think since he was born mm-hmm. until the age of four. Why? Because if he's mixed with children, they influence his decisions, his character, his idea. Every child comes from a different culture, different mindset, right? And every parent treats their child differently. Mm. So what I did is I strengthened his muscle when it comes to logic, understanding life and all Mm. that. And then I shoved him with kids at the age of four. And then I saw how mature he is with some things and how immature kids are at that age. Mm-hmm. Like when they want to do things, he'd say, no, this is harmful. This is this. Yeah. I cannot do that. And like, I think the best story ever is once my best friend, one of my best friends, she, her daughter broke her leg, mm-hmm. but her daughter was in a different country and mm-hmm. she started having a breakdown and crying. So I'm trying to calm her down. I can't. Mm -hmm. My son goes to her and he goes like, and he always says this in in situations when people are panicking. Mm -hmm. He says, you are right now focusing on the dark side. You're not focusing on the light. And she's crying and she looks at him. She's like, what's the light? 
She's like, your daughter's alive. Her leg is fine. It could have been worse. You crying on the phone with her, you're making your daughter nervous. She needs your love right now. And I was just sitting there. I was like, who the hell are you? You said that? Yeah. I was like, who the hell are you? And I was just, I I was in awe, you know, like I was just standing there and I was like, oh my God, I raised you well, you know? Wow. Wow. And I also heard about the story of the lemonade. Oh, the lemonade story is crazy. Can you tell, tell us about this? That's yeah, so very nice I was during during COVID, during lockdown, most of our business meetings were at home, right? Mm-hmm. So my business partners were all in my house and we were like around, I think, five or six people. Mm-hmm. And he just this like comes in the meeting, distracts the whole meeting, stops it. And I give him attention when he does that. Yeah. So, sometimes, sometimes I don't, but sometimes yeah. I do. So I was like, what do you want? He comes with a lemonade bottle, not the lemonade he yeah. made, lemonade he bought, okay? Like ready-made. <laughs> with plastic cups and then he tells people who wants to buy lemonade i know my friends are like yeah yeah, we'll buy just to support him you know mm-hmm. business entrepreneur baby you know so they're like how much he's like 50 dollars, and then they're like i'm not paying that for lemonade and then he looks at them he's like but you're rich he's mm-hmm. so first he plays with your emotions <laughs> yeah to and your ego and then they're like i'm rich but i'm not stupid he's like okay then he leaves and then he comes back a few minutes later with little tiny drop of lemonade in each cup and then he gave it for everyone. And then they're like, are you giving us lemonade for free? He's like, yeah. He's like, they're like, what about the $50? He's like, no, I don't want it now because if you taste it, you like it and then you'll buy it from me. And I was like, you pure devil. <laughs> you pure devil. He's sampling, he's sampling. <laughs> yeah. And they, they ended up that. paying him, yeah. I love $50 that. $50 <laughs> for lemonade, Mackie. Yeah. Next time I want lemonade, okay? Yeah. I'm ready, $50. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me how do you manage your schedule? Being an entrepreneur and being a mother, it's hard, I believe. By not letting society pressure me into a schedule. Should, yeah, like life-work balance mm-hmm. is like the biggest myth ever. So mm-hmm. for me, I base my life-work balance on my life. For example, I'm a single mom. I pay the bills. I'm the sole keeper of the house, right? Mm-hmm. So I spend with my son, I'd say 30% of my time, and the rest is I'm working. Mm-hmm or I am by myself taking care of me, right? So some moms used to tell me, that's not how a good mom is. You need to spend all your time with your kid. Mm -hmm. Well, you're married with a husband that takes care of you financially, and you're a full-time housewife. So Mm -hmm. you cannot compare yourself to me, and don't push me or pressure me into your your box, because that's your box. So I, when when moms do this to me, I give them an answer they don't want to hear. And like a taste of their own medicine, yeah. because don't guilt me into your own mindset. I love when you yeah. said, like, who wrote a book about how to? Yeah, be a mom? who wrote a book yeah. about how to be a mom? Be, be, do whatever you can, because I know moms who spend ninety nine point nine percent of their time at home, but they're not with their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, 100%. they're not with their True. kids. They're physically there, mentally they're not. True. So create your own balance. Don't let society pressure you. But you have dedicated days for yourself. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Kid. You do have. That. So I work three to four times a week. The rest, I'm traveling, having fun, mm-hmm. taking care of myself. Saturdays I are solely for me. He knows that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Fridays are solely for him. Ooh. So I don't interfere. He's with his friends. At all. And Saturdays, <laughs> he doesn't interfere. I'm with, yeah, he goes, to my, he goes to my parents and he stays with them and I'm, I have my day. Because mental health is such an important aspect to becoming a better entrepreneur, to becoming a better parent, to becoming a better... Uh, a partner, mm-hmm. even a sibling, a son, a daughter, people underestimate the power of healing and how it can change and navigate your way toward a better, healthy way of running your life. 
Yeah. Do you have a routine, a daily routine? No. You follow? No. Like like meditating, uh, working. Yeah. Out, Spiritual stuff, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wish I can meditate every day, but sometimes I don't have the time. But if I'd say meditating, number one, but meditating not to calm myself down, mm-hmm. like no, achieve that. Meditating to connect with my higher self mm-hmm. on a spiritual level and to unlock, you know, a frequency mm-hmm. where I can download information. So that's that's a unique way of meditation. Yeah. Okay, so that's one. But other than that, I'm just either working on my work days with my kid. I I don't I don't Follow sit. A- I don't have routine. no I don't have because when you I feel like when you follow a fixed routine you get disappointed when you break it mm-hmm. like I have friends if they skip a day from the gym they get depressed mm-hmm. I can skip yeah. I don't care I'm fine mm-hmm. because I don't have a routine and a routine is just programming your mind to create neuropaths True. into habits mm-hmm. and you keep on repeating mm-hmm. them I don't want to do that I, I want to have the freedom to do whatever mm-hmm. I want and not feel guilty mm-hmm. yeah nice that, you did. You why did you say it in this way? It seems like you don't like it. No, no, no. We're, we're different at the end. <laughs> you like routine. I'm a super routine okay. person, and if I skip working out, gym or whatever, I can destroy. The so I was talking about yeah, you. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. <laughs> yeah. So it's like hit me. Okay, and if I didn't do my personal development in the morning, it's yeah. also so I'm a routine based, and I believe it even at work. Yeah. So I create systems for myself as a, on a personal level and at, at a business level as well. But is this a routine or is this just your mindset? As, because at work, I'm working. Mm-hmm. And I don't call it a routine because that's an obligation. This is a path I chose in my life and a responsibility. Mm-hmm. I have to show up for my responsibility and my business. True. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a routine, though. System, I would say. It's a system that I follow. Mm-hmm. Okay, system. Yeah. System. I don't like systems. <laughs> we, can agree to, we can agree to disagree. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about, I know you don't like this word, empowerment. I hate it. Yeah, I know. So you say that women don't need empowerment. Hell no. They need to be inspired. Yeah. How do you help women achieve this? Do you like empowerment? It's more about inspiration, 100%. But how do you inspire the woman? By showing them they can. Example, the lead, leading by example. Leading by example. So I am, I, like I have it tattooed here, light worker. Mm-hmm. I, my mission and vision and my passion and my purpose in life is spreading knowledge and light to people i believe in this you know so i use my social platforms any voice god gave me and i monetize it not financially but into changing people's life all right so this is very important for me so in my platforms all i'm doing is i'm not inspiring only women i'm inspiring both women and men to be the best versions of themselves to free themselves to just live life at the edge and just enjoy it instead of like waiting for for the time to be right or for it to mm-hmm. be easy for them to do so, mm-hmm. right? So women, they they are so powerful. And actually, recently, a study came out that said women had more brain cells than men. And women can use the gray area of the mind, which is involved in decision-making, involved in creativity, social. Mm-hmm. It's more active than it is in men. Not, not, to, not to put mm-hmm. men down, 100%. but it's mm-hmm. by nature. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's a blueprint sure. of a sure. woman, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I don't hear men saying empower me. So I don't want to say yeah. empower mm-hmm. women. It, w- w- empowerment means I'm powerless, give me power. Oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. And your words become your, re- your reality. Sure. And your words become like what you believe in. And they basically brainwash you into th- something. Mm-hmm. What, I used to be uh, a board member in a woman business council mm-hmm. in the government. And one of the complaints the council always had is that we 
empowered women. We gave them everything they needed, the tools, the money, the accessibility, everything. They failed. They came back for more. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what empowerment is. Exactly. Uh, every time I fall this. down, mm -hmm. I, I'm dependent on you. Give mm -hmm. me more power. Give me more power. And I told them, give them the tools and let them be and don't give them access to anything anymore and teach them how to use the use tools. It. Like, don't give me fish. Teach me how to fish. I love that because yeah. also you mentioned something. Now you're on a mission or we have a purpose, but how to achieve this purpose without focusing too much on making profit and money out of it? Where's the balance comes in? So oh, that's, a deep, that's, yeah. a, that's a deep topic. Yeah. We would need an hour to speak mm. about this, but I will summarize it for you in mm. this way. Humans right now are living on survival mode. Mm -hmm. We have to work to make money. We have to eat to survive. We have to this. But we were not designed like that because look at this earth. We can plant our own food, eat it. We can build our own house, live in it. Everything is supposed to be for free. Mm -hmm. Yet that's not how the world is. So we were supposed to be here to enjoy this experience, to learn. But instead, we're surviving the mm -hmm. experience. This is why, like, I believe that you are not made to survive. You are made to thrive. Now, of course, we need money to, to get things done in life. Even for the people who want to do good in the world, you need money to do good in the True. world. I believe in balance between serving the spirit and serving the body. So your body wants materialistic things. Your spirit wants spirituality, oneness, growth, and reflection and all that. I believe in feeding both. I'm not here doing this 3D experience on earth mm -hmm. for me to just be spiritual and like covered in banana leaves yeah. all my life and, mm -hmm. and die and just ascend and travel. And no, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here on an experience. I should enjoy the experience, mm -hmm. but I should not let these things take the best of me. Mm -hmm. Now we make money to thrive, right? Now, when you have a purpose, when I found out what my purpose is, I shut down a lot of my businesses and switched them towards my purpose. Mm -hmm. Like for example, Hala High yeah. donates to a lot of organizations. Mm -hmm. Fix donates to a lot of organizations. Another company works with an organization called Smile Train. Mm -hmm. So we give back to the community as much as we can. Yes, we are making money. Yes, we are growing. Yes, we're succeeding. But I cannot, back. yeah, but I cannot just keep taking, taking, yeah. taking. Like, look at, look at Mother Earth. Like, mm -hmm. we take everything from this world. What are we giving back? Mm -hmm. That's the least we can do. You know, yeah. Let's talk about your quotes. The tofu one. Tofu. Yeah. So... <laughs> You know what's funny? Every time I go out, people follow me and they're like, are you the tofu girl? I'm like, God damn it. That's not, that's not what I want to be remembered for. And yeah, so... But it's really a nice one. So I, I want you to share it with the audience. So your brain is like tofu. Whatever you marinated in, you become. Because the brain has no information. If you're marinated in culture, you become the culture. If you're marinated in wrong things, you believe the wrong mm. things. So whatever you marinate your brain in, you become. And my question is, what are you marinating your brain in? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you doing for yourself? That means the information that they get, the circuit that they're in, whatever. Everything. The energy, the people, the 100%. surrounding, the mindset, everything. Yesterday, I had a conversation. And then today morning, when I was doing my research, I read something similar. Uh, you wrote, no matter how much you delay it, pain will still catch up with you. Let it hit you, hurt you, teach you, and pass you. I love the statement because it resonated with me with a topic that I had yesterday, which I said similar. I said it in a way because I want you to explain this. Yeah. I said like, yes, sometimes I have fear in my life, but I hate the feeling that I worry about the fear that's coming in the future. I better make the fear come now, face it now, get hurt, get the pain and yeah. pass it over. Yeah. Why you wrote this one? So for me, the past and the future don't exist. So I don't stress on the past because that's healing. And I don't stress on the future because it doesn't exist, mm -hmm. you know? 
for me, it's all about the now. And when I say let pain hit you, go through you, feel it and all that, mm -hmm. what I mean is a lot of people run away from pain and they keep themselves busy. Mm -hmm. So when, for example, let's say your best friend breaks up with his girlfriend, what mm -hmm. does he do? Clubbing, partying, mm -hmm. drinking, whatever he can do to take mm -hmm. his mind away. What, you don't, what he doesn't understand is that it will catch up. No matter how much you hide it under the rug, it will catch up. True. You run away, it will run after you. Mm. The best way to learn and heal from pain is to isolate, let it hit you. You need to feel it in mm. your body. You need to feel it physically, mentally, until you learn and then it leaves you once the lesson is learned. Mm -hmm. If you keep uh, delaying, it. it will catch up to 100%. you. Yeah. We talked about the... Uh, work-life balance, but I want to talk about how you do you take care of your mental health. It's an extremely important topic. Can you give a couple of tips for people who want to take care of their mental Well, see, the thing is, my tips are mine. Yeah. I don't know if they apply to people, but for me, I am a very open person to knowledge, which mm. means I'm not judgmental. I'm very open-minded. So mm. I go out there searching for knowledge all the time. So my my day, if it comes to self-growth and healing and mm. awareness and all that and mental health would be definitely meditating, then watching a lot of spiritual content. I'm always on Gaia. I don't know if you, mm. you know about Gaia. Mm. Are you into these no, things? No, no, no. Mm. So Gaia is an app like YouTube, mm -hmm. but all spiritual content, oh, okay. videos, yeah. So it just teaches you more about your spirit. And the more you feed your spirit, the more you realize, oh my God, what was I doing all my life? Mm. You know, what, what, what was I told? So, and, and I always say that once you do these things to, to grow your spiritual muscle, you will open your third eye to life and you will see it in a complete different perspective. And then you realize that I am not who I was told I am. I am not who I was told to be or how to be. Mm. Because you're born with a blueprint. True. Your mm. parents already have your name, have your job, your religion, your, your, religion, your everything, mm. everything. So you're born into a blueprint. You don't really know who you mm. are. And I feel like with an awakening experience, I told, screw everything. I don't, everything I was told I am, I'm not this. Mm -hmm. Who am I really? And I let myself go. And I told myself, do whatever you can. Open your mind, go far, learn, be curious and find out the truth. And that's how I am authentic right now. I am not what my parents brought up, yeah. by the way. Mm -hmm. I am not what my friends knew mm -hmm. uh, 10 years yeah. ago. I am like, if you meet people that know me 10 years ago, they tell you, She's the same kind, loving person, yeah. funny and all that. But deeply inside, I'm not the same person. But this happened like because of sudden, pain. Because of pain. Because of pain. Yeah. And suddenly you said like self-reflection, I'm yeah. going to change. Right? It was, I was going through a divorce mm -hmm. and it was my first divorce and it was a very bad divorce. And at the same time, while I was going through a divorce, I found out that my business partner stole my oh. money. So it was two like, hits. it was like two hits. And not only two hits, two disappointments. Because when you are married to somebody, yeah. you trust them with your life. You trust mm -hmm. them with your feelings. And it's like when somebody lets you down, it's not a good feeling. Mm -hmm. And then I was trying to go to my friend for comfort. Uh, and I realized she yeah. betrayed me yeah. as well. So I was in a very dark area. I had no money at that time. I had bills to pay. I had salaries to pay. I had rent for three. I had three stores at that time for the fashion house. Mm -hmm. Rent to pay. It was crazy. And like I was like, what am I going to do now? And um, at that moment, and I know this is the moment people go like, my life sucks. Yeah. Why is God doing this to me? Mm -hmm. What did I do? And they sit there and they are bitter about it. At that moment, I was like, I swear to God, I remember I was sitting down and I was in a mosque at that mm -hmm. time because I go there, the energy is mm -hmm. vibrational high. Yeah. 
So I was at a mosque and it was Ramadan and it was before prayer time. So it was empty. And funny enough, this was the questions I asked myself. Why am I here? Why am I born? What's my mission? What's God's message in me? What's my purpose? If my purpose is to make money and make businesses and like be somebody and get, be famous, why doesn't all of this go with me to the grave? It's borrowed, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's borrowed for us to have fun, to enjoy life, but it's not the purpose of life. And, you know, I, I remember I was sitting down, I was like, I'm supposed to be upset. Why am I asking myself these questions? And this was the beginning of my spiritual awakening. Mm. Yeah. Very. And nobody yeah. pushed you to it. No, it no. It suddenly happened no, to you. No, it just suddenly happens. It happens when you allow yourself to feel pain. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot for you to learn from yourself. But if you keep yourself busy and you delay it, you'll not learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is the, I would say, the best advice that you've got in your life? Advice that you've got. In what, in what department? Whatever, like in a perspective of your personal life. And it really had an impact on you because you know a lot of advices we get from people. We don't want to be like them actually, but they just throw advices. But there's some advices that really resonated with you. And I remember once I was in India and I was on a spiritual journey there, and I was sitting with one of like the healers there, and he was telling me. Um, I'm trying to remember how he said it because he said it in a beautiful way. He was telling me what really upsets you. And I said, I am doing everything I can to be loved. I am doing everything I can not to be misunderstood. I'm doing it. He, he's like, stop, stop, stop. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's like, you're living life pleasing people. You're a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And that's why you're suffering. And I, I said, what do you mean? And I remember my therapist was with me on that trip. Mm -hmm. And then my therapist, he was speaking very spiritually. Mm -hmm. My therapist wanted to give it to me in a human language. Yeah. Right. And. She said, Sarah, why don't you be a mango tree? And at that moment, I was like, what? I was like, what he's saying is cool. Yeah, what are you saying? saying? She's like, a mango tree doesn't need to wear a sign that says I'm a mango tree because it smells like mangoes. It's just there. It's a tree. It has its fruits. It doesn't mm -hmm. need to prove anything to you. It smells like mangoes. And I said, so what's your point? She said, you're a good person. You are a value added. You are a great person. You need to stop proving to people that you are. Just be a mango tree. Mm -hmm. let, 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 it, let the smell come out of you. Mm -hmm. let, let people experience and feel it without you proving anything. And then I said, oh my God, that makes a lot of sense. And then I told them both that I, I am a people pleaser. And then they said, okay, can we tell you another example? And then she says, would you, if you were a mango tree, would you want apple lovers to eat from your mango tree? I said, no. She said, will you be upset if somebody came to your tree and said, oh, but I'm into oranges. Mm -hmm. I said, no. She said, then why are you upset if, not, if you're not accepted and loved by everybody? And that hit me so much because I wanted to be loved by mm -hmm. everyone. And when you want to be loved by everyone, you're, you're, you're basically a slave to society's yeah, expectation. Too. And I will do anything for you to love me. This, 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 yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. then I realized it doesn't matter if I'm loved or not. Mm -hmm. And right now, I don't give mm -hmm. a damn if mm -hmm. you love me or not. I'm not going to do anything to oh, make man. you love me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a bee. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be. And if you intend to be in my life, if you like me for my authenticity, you're welcome. If you don't, it's okay. I don't need you. So I'm a mango tree. Okay, tell yeah. us something hidden, like hidden talent, a hidden skill that nobody knows about. You. It was hidden until I did a couple of interviews and I kind of exposed it. Okay. I'm very <laughs> no, I'm very good we at... We will act as if it's still hidden. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very good at, how do you say it? Because I'm dyslexic. Mm -hmm. I'm good at mimicking voices. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you mimic mine? 
No, you're a guy. I have to develop an Adam's apple for that. I cannot. Sorry, my friend. No, but it's like more like mostly like I can mimic things yeah. easily. And one of the best ones is, do you watch The Simpsons? Yeah, of course. March Simpson. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. So today you brought me here to speak about mental health. Do you know how much mental health destroyed my marriage? <laughs> yeah, so so it's like I, I I'm I'm good at doing like voice imitations and if I listen to something, even with music instruments, if I listen to something once, I can immediately my brain mimics it. Cool, I love that. So yeah, and accents, I can do very good accents. I can do a very good uh, Russian accent for you. Yes, yes. <laughs> Since all your life you've been in Moscow. You've been in Moscow? No. Yes, yes. Yes, yes so, yeah. yes. So, I used to live there, but not anymore. No, no, no. Yes. Well done. <laughs> really well yes. done. So, so, that's my talent, yeah. Well, which that. is good. You know why? Because yeah. sometimes, like, because my assistant is in L.A. Yeah. And she's not very active on phone calls. Thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> but what I do sometimes is when people call... I pick up and I fake an accent. No way. <laughs> I do it all the time. Oh, yeah. British I love that. Yeah, you know, Sarah's busy right now, but I can get her a message to you if you want. So, and they're like, yeah. And sometimes my friends, like my friends would call me for like a work meeting yeah. and I totally fool them with an accent. No way. Yeah. So <laughs> my, my virtual assistant right here. What fuck? Oh, yeah. I, I'll say that off camera. It's a oh, long okay. story. Yeah. What message do you want to leave our audience with today? You have one life to enjoy and life is short not success not happiness not love not money nothing is guaranteed in life the only thing guaranteed is death mm -hmm. 101% everybody's dying yeah. when where how we don't know it can be the minute i leave this office i can be dead therefore inshallah yeah inshallah no but but it's a fact right mm -hmm. and therefore death is my biggest inspiration And because death is my inspiration, because I know that in an hour from now, I, I might not be alive and I'm not going to see anybody, see people anymore. I'm not going to see you. I'm not going to see him. I'm not going to see my kid. Knowing that I have a limit on this planet and on this earth and I, it can be gone any second yeah. makes me want to live my fullest potential and be the best version of me. Now, that's one thing. Second thing, it makes me want to take risks and not be scared of failure because once I'm dead, no one's going to yeah. remember me, whatever, you know? And the most important part is that nothing will go with you to the grave. Mm -hmm. Not your money, not your cash, not your fame, nothing. Not your Instagram account, nothing. The only thing that will go with you is how you impacted people's lives and how you made them feel. And that will keep you immortal in their hearts. And that's very important. And that said, that that's the only thing guaranteed in life, which means you are a human being with a free will you need to practice your free will because a lot of people do not practice their free will. They're still waiting for somebody to tell them it's okay to get divorced. It's okay to leave this job. It's okay to leave the country. They're, like We are always seeking validation. And if you want to do something, we always ask for permission. While the only permission you need is from yourself. You have free will, practice your free will. Mm -hmm. Use it because a lot of people are existing and not living. True. You need Love to live. It. Love it. The last part of the episode is fire questions no. no we have a ritual okay called the alpha talks memoir where you get to write what's your experience in the alpha talks podcast okay we will do it after the yeah the shooting the second is you will answer a question from the previous guest alpha guest oh wow you don't know who is he or she and you will do the same you will write a question to the next alpha guest okay and it's our way of connecting with the the alpha guests together even okay they don't know. got so it I'll 
tell you the question from the previous alphabet. That's a pharmacist's uh, handwriting. Uh, <laughs> oh my, how, how many years did you expect to live in Dubai and what changed this time frame? It's off. It's what? <laughs> it's off. It's off because I'm, I'm Emirati. <laughs> I have no choice. I've been born here. So forever. I, is it a guy or a girl? It's a guy. So I'll just write, bro, I had no choice. That's it. That, that's my answer. Yeah, I love the answer. Uh, Sarah, thank you very much. Thank you so I much. I really enjoyed it. We thank you for coming. And of course, we'll have more episodes to come. That wraps another inspiring episode of today's show. I hope that this episode has ignited your inner alpha and left you feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to conquer any challenge that comes your way. Remember, alphas aren't born, they're made. It isn't about dominating others. It's about embracing your authenticity, leading with integrity, and making a positive impact on the world. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Alpha Talks on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a review and share the podcast with your fellow alphas. Also connect with us on social media at Saif Hakim. Share your thoughts, insight, and stories of personal and business growth with us. Let's create a movement of alphas supporting one another. The world needs more alphas like you, exactly. Until next time, stay bold, stay driven, and stay alpha.